This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 57 of Jurassic Park. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? Doing pretty awesome, man. Doing pretty awesome. The new year so far, uh, I mean, we're, we're still here. The podcast is still going. So I think so far it's been a pretty good year. No big uh, celebrities have died no, that, I, that I'm aware of. No, same here. Um, well, you know, I guess by the time this drops, there's anything could happen. Yeah. But I hope uh, basically we don't get proven. Uh, proven wrong on that. But uh, without further ado, Brady, you ready to go ahead and get into minute number 57 of Jurassic let's, Park? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. In the previous minute, Ian Malcolm and Alan Grant shared a moment while talking about kids. As the minute ended, Nedry continued his secret quest to procure dino embryos and his plan to shut off the security door system started up. At minute number 57, Ray tells John Hammond that the door security systems are shutting down. Hammond takes a sip of coffee and tells him that Nedry did say that a few security systems would be going offline. Muldoon paces around Nedry's workstation. At 57.07, Nedry walks by a cold storage tank and opens it with no alarm sounding. He steps inside and raises two storage tanks. A soft blue light fills the room as mist pours out of the tanks. Nedry reaches into his members-only jacket and takes out the Barbasol can that Dodson gave him back in Costa Rica. Nedry opens up the can and tosses the top onto the ground. He reaches over into the tanks and begins to remove vials of embryos. Nedry removes a vial labeled Tyrannosaurus and a vial labeled Velociraptor. Nedry continues to remove more vials. At 57.49, Nedry closes the tanks and leaves the cold storage unit, sealing the vials away in the shaving cream can. And thus ends minute number 57 of Jurassic Park. So again, the uh, spy stuff is going on here. Or, you know, we like to refer to it as kind of a spy movie. It's it's industrial espionage, basically. Dennis Nidri is trying to get his $7 million for procuring dinosaur embryos and get them off the island. And before the show started, you and I were just talking like, what, $7 million is how much we decided it was? It, I think it's more than that. I can't remember the number offhand, but not a, not enough. Not worth it at all. If this was 1993 yeah. when he was stealing this stuff, there's no way that he would continue to have that, that much money. And he would pretty much need to... So here's the thing. He's removing these little vials of dinosaur embryos. It, do you think his plan was to drop them off the boat and turn around and go back to the compound? Yeah. I mean, there was the guy on the boat. Who's gonna, that, my understanding is that he was going to hand them off to that guy and then, and then go back. So, so he had 18 to 20 minutes for him to say it was going to take him that long to go to the vending machine and then come back. If Nidri goes back and Dr. Wu shows up the next morning and goes into the cryotubes and opens them up and notices that 16 to 18 different uh, vials are missing, what's going to happen? What was the game plan? I guess his game plan was, was just to say, I don't know, I guess so. And to say like, Oh, it must've been somebody else. But it's like, no, I'm pretty sure there's somebody who, before they got on the boat to leave the Island had to document how many vials of dinosaur embryos were there in the cryo storage tank. If the next day they come in and they say, I mean, there's, there's no way this doesn't come back to Nedry very quickly. You know, if they come in and they say, well, it happened to have been last night after somebody left, you know, for the docks before the big group of people left. So the only people in the compound at that point are Ray, Muldoon, Hammond, and Nedry. And only one of them has access to 
the security grid, and only one of them was deactivating the security grids and disappeared for a long period of time yeah. right before. There's no way, even with plausible deniability of him saying it wasn't me, there's no way that it doesn't come back to him. They don't have a whole lot of proof, but also, you know, they're in an island in Costa Rica, and he's stealing a lot of money from a giant corporation, and there's a lot of shotguns around there. I think they could probably do away with him pretty easily. Yeah, for and, real. You know, he could, uh, oh, he had an accident, and he fell in the Velociraptor pit. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. if uh, I wouldn't run it past John Hammonds and I have some mob-like tactics to take care of stuff like that, so. Yeah, for real. And, you know, I'm not surprised because he's, you know, just a fat buffoon that he wouldn't think something like that through, but also someone in the Jurassic Park staff wouldn't be thinking that far ahead. Not surprising. Yeah. They're yeah. all a bunch of just irresponsible Do you think this geniuses. is a uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory type situation where the Sluggo Corporation is paying off kids to steal uh, everlasting gobstoppers out of the factory and that maybe in uh, Biosyn had more than one contact on the inside as well. I've always wondered that because they had the dude on the boat, you know, could yeah. they have had someone else there? I, I, I'm sure they could have. What if they set up like two or three different people to try to steal these things so that once it came back, the Nedry would find out like, Oh, there was somebody else who took another thing. Like this whole thing, like Biosyn could have raided them by paying off several people and not telling them who else was working, yeah. you know, for, for on the inside. But I mean, 22 years later, the things were going to get stolen again through the hands of Wu yeah. you know, when he was kidnapped by uh, Hoskins. I so. really wish there was another end to this movie where Nedry goes into Hammond's office at the very end and, you know, uh, Hammond is, uh, you know, uh, not looking at him directly and says, like, you know, go this way. And Nedry comes and he puts the vials on the table and Hammond grips them slowly with his hand. And then he says, it's yours. The whole factory is yours now. And they leave through the oh, glass okay. elevator <laughs> to the top. I mean, basically, this is Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a subplot to that, that whole movie. So, And you know what? The fat kid tried to, you know, dip into the Chocolate That's River right. whatever, and got sucked up the Dennis tube. Dennis Nedry is Augustus Glue. That's right. That's what's going on. So Good what night, does that everybody. <laughs> What does that make Muldoon? Uh, wait, no, who's who's Veruca Salt in this whole combination? Oh, what happened to her? Uh, Veruca Salt was the one like I want the whole world. Yeah, her yeah. father buys her everything. Didn't she fall in a hole or something? Uh, or? Yeah, she was a bad nut, and uh, she yeah she was a bad egg. She was a nut in That's the right, right, in right. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. She was a bad egg. And she gets sucked down that tube at the very end. Jesus, <laughs> I don't want to know. That whole movie is about like child murder. You yeah, know? pretty like, much. He's just slaughtering all these children. But uh, I think he makes an offhand remark at the end, like they're, you know, they're fine. They're fine. There's no way Augustus Gloop lived through that whole thing. That you know, still gives me anxiety. It Him does going up that like everybody's like, oh, the scene where they're on the the river or whatever, and all the horrible. Uh, Images that they're saying. Yeah. No, nothing has ever bothered me more than Augustus Glue getting stuck in that tube. It, like, it's horrifying. Ugh. I don't even want to know how they shot that because I would hate no. to be stuck in something like that to begin with. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, in this minute, <laughs> yeah. what are your thoughts on this minute? Well, okay, so, okay, we've decided that these are the only people in the Jurassic Park staff who are staying there for the weekend who didn't go off on the boats, which is Hammond, Nidri, Ray, and Muldoon. Right. And there's a sequence after Nidri's gone where... Uh, Ray and Hammond are kind of talking or doing some work or whatever. And you see Muldoon just kind of trotting along in the background, just bored and kicking stuff around. And for whatever reason, that always stands out to me as interesting. Uh, just an interesting little touch. I don't know why. Well, it's really weird because he's pacing around Nidri's workstation too. So I kind of think that he starts to feel like something might be up. Oh, you know? okay. Like you see like Hammond back there is having tea or coffee or whatever. And Ray, you know, I used to work at a TV station and I was in the master control unit and I worked overnight and there were only two other people in there. It was myself who was the feed 
Dreamcatcher, so I caught like satellites and stuff like that. And there's two master control operators, and we worked overnight on both Saturday and Sunday, and they were like 12 hour shifts. And I have to say, like working 12 hours takes a lot out of you, even if it's overnight. But there's a lot of fun too. There was a lot of situations like this where we're just sitting there drinking tea, drinking coffee, watching, uh, you know, like Japanese satellite feeds and stuff like that, and it was a lot of fun. So I can kind of feel like what. Hammond and Ray are doing here. I can kind of like mm-hmm. side with it. You know, like it's overnight, long weekend. You're watching these people on the tour. And it's a nice time to kind of relax and do your job while you drink some tea. But I also feel Muldoon. I feel the anxiety that he has of being trapped at work, not being able to be on the outside. And, you know, he's a guy who understands the constant danger of what's going on in yeah. the island. Okay. So I think in his mind, he's in two places. He's watching the overview of how everything works there. He knows he's the but he's essentially the security officer for the entire yeah, island. Yeah, yeah. And he's worried about these people who are out in these cars because he knows the dangers of being out there with the dinosaurs. I've never yeah. thought about that. Well, it's just kind of like, uh, he, he, there's a moment in the next minute where he turns around and he looks at Ray, Ray's at a computer yeah, and Muldoon yeah. looks up and he sees the fences going off and he turns around and has this real startled look on his face. Like all of his worst fears have been realized. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of uh, some very, very subtle acting here. Just his mm-hmm. pacing around hands on the hips. It really kind of sells Muldoon's kind of yeah. understanding of what's going on here that nobody else really gets. I've never seen him with that. You know, I had that same position at that TV station catching those feeds. Yeah, Screw yeah. Screw that shit. I got fired. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I got a... You, you, you were, I, I can tell you what happened. You were catching um, Spanish feeds <laughs> yeah, uh, on so. English. And I think the problem is, is whenever, hey. whenever one of those comes down, uh, if there's a problem, they have to rebroadcast it through a satellite. So I think the yeah, problem was like... you have to like, like call corporate NBC or whatever and say like, can you re... You have to call the satellite company. And I, it was really weird. Like there were weird right. things. Like sometimes the curvature of the earth would come into play at that job or like uh, solar eclipses or sunspots or like, yeah. I remember one time like there was a solar flare that went off and it fried everything and our like, our guy oh i got a funny story about this um do you remember Terry? The oh, guy, yeah. Terry? The guy yeah. had that place hooked up by like microwaves and stuff. Yeah. It was it was, so Terry, Terry's, okay, so folks out there, Terry's the, uh, the basically <laughs> the engineer of the entire place. And he had everything that was made. And he talked like Nidri. Like, he, nobody he appreciates did. me. And he, re- he really did. In fact, I was thinking a lot about working there because we had a security system that was kind of like, if you held a door open for too long, it would start beeping. And had, it was basically this really annoying noise. So you had to close the door. But the idea was they didn't want anybody standing there talking to each other when they should be working. So they'd annoy him with these beeping. So anyway. Uh, where was I going with all that? <laughs> Terry. Terry. Yeah. Okay. So one day he comes in and he's like, uh, he's like, well, folks got a problem. Massive plasma flare coming off the sun. <laughs> you know, it's going to be here in uh, an hour. It's going to fry a whole bunch of solar, you know, these feeds and these, uh, it's going to disrupt our satellites. So it's going to have a beautiful aurora borealis this evening, but unfortunately half of our feeds are going to be tossed today. So uh, I need you guys to stay sucks. after and catch the rebroadcast no, and bounce off of you. satellites and anchorage later. So, uh, man, considering what that job paid, it was not, I mean, no. considering everything, it was a horrible yeah. job. So anyway, um, wait, wait, hold on. Didn't that guy open up a closet one time? And he was like, Kyle, check this out. And he had an autographed poster of alien. Of alien. Yeah. yeah. He was a huge alien fan. And we didn't know that until it was both of our like last two weeks there. Terry and I got along. Okay. I like Terry. He's a, he's a funny, he's a smart guy, but he, we didn't realize both of us were huge alien fans until like we were both on our way out of the company anyway uh again want to get back to the fact that it's not a whole lot going on this minute. <laughs> I've, I've got a few things yeah, go, go ahead tell us all right um so we see the listing in the cold storage uh units of the uh embryos and the right. names of the dinosaurs well we're seeing stuff like stegosaurus and things that we don't see in the movie which i think is a very cool touch yeah in adding to the scope of the whole thing he was yeah hegalomimus you know? uh starts off then tyrannosaurus velociraptor and stegosaurus are what he takes if i remember correctly and not only that tyrannosaurus and stegosaurus are misspelled 
Typical. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Dr. Wu. Typical. Saving a little bit, uh, like a little bit of money just by taking it in out here or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Something else too. Um, Nidri's watch is like the Casio like calculator yes. watch or something, uh-huh. which is a neat touch because I think that's what they say he's wearing in the book as well. Mm. So... That was that was neat, and that is all the notes I have. Uh, I noticed that whenever he tossed the Barbasol can behind him, it goes clank clank, makes a noise on the ground, and then he puts the stuff in the vial, and he turns around, and the Barbasol can is sitting on the counter right behind him. So it's very clearly that he just tosses it over his shoulder, Jeez. and then he turns around, and it's sitting on the counter right behind him in the camera. So wow, uh, yeah. So anyway, that, that's uh, the only you know this movie, like we said, lots of flubs, and you never catch any of them because you don't care because everything is moving so smoothly and it's paced so well. Absolutely, I've never so, noticed that. So. Uh, again. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to. I, I want to stress again that this is uh, the Dennis Nidri section in this movie and the Tyrannosaurus. That's, yeah. that's you know my favorite part. So, you got anything else? That's it for me. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at Patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Media, and follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Media.